As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. Uh, and also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm fighting for my life, not your approval. I am more of a free spirit without the Holy Spirit. Always have your back if you stop stabbing me in mine. When I take a shot, I always hit my mark. I may be a bad Mormon, 
but I'll always be a good time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Those were the new taglines for The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. And I don't know about you, but when that music kicks in, I lose it. They need to start playing at the clubs because that operatic music that Real Houses of Salt Lake City does better than anybody else, except for maybe Succession on HBO, which is a fantastic show that I love. And in many ways, I feel like this is uh, Bravo's version of Succession because This week in the episode, we were dealing with family business drama, just like the Roy family over on HBO, because Lisa Barlow and the son Jack, they got that wolf hair care line or whatever the fuck that hair. Remember, he's doing shampoo or something. I I can't remember. But the point is, they were arguing back and forth because Lisa's like, look, I paid for that fucking business. And it was just like I'm watching uh, Kendall Roy or Kieran Culkin as the other Roy person over on HBO. I mean, in the sun now. On Salt Lake City, he don't want to go to college. He's like, fudge college, man. Fudge college, honestly. Fudge college, honestly. You remind me of Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> fudge college. Fudge college, honestly. <laughs> they need to give Jack uh, a spot in the intro. Let him hold the snowflake and just turn around and be like, fudge con- college, honestly. <laughs> I loved it. Anyway, it was like family business drama, just like Secession. So this show's given it to me every single week. we got an extra long episode. Last week was the premiere. Now, episode two, they're giving us extra long episode. I mean, what's next? The other gals, again, I say, I hope you're watching this show because the rest of you need to step it up. We're getting extra long episodes from just five housewives. And those taglines, I did love them. Anything would sound good in front of that operatic music. But my favorite was Meredith. She's like, when I take a shot, I always hit my mark, which is, of course, a callback to her last name. And I love when the housewives have like an inexplicable tagline. Like, I like when it doesn't make much sense. And all of these ones sort of make sense, right? Like, Heather's, of course, is related to her book. She says, I may be a bad Mormon, but I'll always be a good time. Just the title of her book, Bad Mormon. Now, Jen's is interesting. She says, I'm fighting for my life, not your approval. Now, Whitney's, what's really fascinating to me about Whitney is that she's calling on the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that last season, Sister Mary said she was going to send Jesus after people. And she did. She did. I believe that's what's uh, happening with Jen Shaw and her legal situation. I believe Jesus stepped in on behalf of Mary. And now that's why Jen's pleading guilty and possibly going away. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But now Whitney's calling on the Holy Spirit. In fact, she's saying not the Holy Spirit. She's always a more of a free spirit. But I believe that to be a callback to Mary. And later in this episode, Whitney's calling back to Mary again. She said, oh, I feel like this, we're at Mary's house. And they keep talking about Mary. There was a flashback of Mary's foyer. And I just think they're setting us up for a Mary return. Now, a lot of you told me uh, throughout the week that you don't believe that they are setting up for Mary return because she skipped out on the reunion last season. And so Bravo would never hire her back. But I believe that they will make an exception this time. And we do know that Adrian, what was her name? Adrian. I was going to call her Adrian. Adrian. What was her name? The Malufoof on Beverly Hills. Remember, she skipped the reunion, but then she showed up in guest appearances. So I don't think that's a hard and fast rule. And I think here on Salt Lake City, maybe it's harder to cast. They might be more interested in bringing Mary back, filming in that closet again. So I think they're all these little Easter eggs are setting us up for a Mary return, including Whitney's tagline about the Holy Spirit. Now, Lisa says, I'll always have your back if you stop stabbing me in mine. Meanwhile, it's like, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa's so funny to me, you guys, because I just think she has apologized a bunch of times for this thing that she did to Meredith calling her garbage whore behind the mic. But 
it was such a loaded conversation that she was having on the hot mic moment. And so now she's so defensive about it. And now she's blaming everybody. And it's like, but you were really just an asshole on the mic. But like, I love her. I love her. And now she's just saying, you stop stabbing me in my back. It's like, but Lisa, or she's like, stop stabbing me in my back. But it's like, Lisa, you're the one stabbing everybody. You're going to go to college, Jack. Fudge college, honestly. <laughs> oh, I love these women. And I love every in between every single scene how we get them snow shots and the choir singing. And then we land on Meredith and Seth playing pickleball. I thought we were done with pickleball, but it just is not losing any steam. I mean, that pickleball, it's really snowballing at this point throughout the nation, the country, nay, the world, because I keep seeing pickleball pop up everywhere, not just on our Bravo shows, but I'm seeing a magazine. Somebody showed me they got a pickleball magazine. Now, I'm sorry, but if Entertainment Weekly cannot survive, then I don't want to live in a world where there's a pickleball magazine surviving, okay? If the Rosie magazine went under, then certainly I need the pickleball magazine to go under. I'm sorry, I want to root for a business, but it's not okay that Premier Magazine from the 90s, Nickelodeon Magazine, Disney Adventure Magazine, these are pieces, uh, periodicals that were of the time that I grew up with. And those don't exist anymore. Remember Nickelodeon Magazine? You'd pick it up, they'd tell you how to make Gak and then have an interview with Kenan Thompson. That was, uh, that was literature, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I don't want a magazine that's just about pickleball. How much can they fill up? I mean, that should just be one issue. And it's like, here's the sport. It's like tennis, bye. Like, that's all. It should be one page. One page with the picture of somebody playing Seth Marks or whoever they want to fucking put on the cover playing the pickleball. And then let's move on. We're having a whole period. How many issues? I don't know how many issues they got going, but I'm certain that it's not, uh, it's too many. It's one issue too many. If they're lasting in the year of 2022, they got a magazine off the ground about pickleball. And yet all these other magazines, Entertainment Weekly cannot survive. I will not stand for it. I will not stand for it. I will take this whole, this whole sport down. I don't care what I got to do, but I will take down pickleball single handedly. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. going to take them all down. going to take them all down. Anyway, so Meredith and Seth were playing pickleball, and luckily we just moved quick on past that because the Bravo is starting to pick up on the fact that we can't be looking at pickleball no more. And I don't know if you saw this. Andy Cohen has admitted that there's too many 1920s parties. So they're on to the fact that these parties, these things that happen in every single show need to stop. We need to get more creative with them because there's plenty of things to do. You know, I was just talking to a friend about how I really have this fantasy about getting into pottery. (laughs) You know, pottery, like in the movie Ghost, you know, when Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze, they're making the sexy pottery while Unchained Melody's going. Well, I want to do that, but just like by myself in the garage, you know, I'm not interested in somebody behind me making the pottery with me or a ghost or whatever. I would like Whoopi Goldberg to visit me and uh, and just, um, you know, say nice things and fun things, but I don't actually want somebody with me, I want to be making pottery and I feel like it'd be meditative. So I was saying I need to take a class, not like a color me mind class. I don't know if you've seen those where you, you paint the pottery. Those are wonderful, great times, if you will. But I would actually like to learn how to like make the things. I don't know if you follow Seth Rogen, but he's making all the pots and stuff on there, making ashtrays. And I keep seeing it. I'm like, man, that sounds like a fun time. And so I really want to take classes, but I was telling a friend I wanted to take classes, and then we were thinking, like, has that ever happened on Housewives? Now, it probably has. You know, these things go in my head and out the next day. But it feels like there's all these activities. That was just one quick example. 
but there are so many different activities. We saw on this week's Salt Lake City, Lisa and Jack playing basketball. I mean, that was a whole... I felt like I watched the whole game. I mean, they landed down on that. And actually, I did have a little problem with that because I'm thinking, we got an extra long episode, but you're showing us 25 minutes of these two playing hoops. Like, am I watching Love and Basketball or am I watching The Real House of Salt Lake City? I mean, I don't think we needed as much footage as they were showing us of them shooting hoops, playing horse, or whatever the fuck they were playing. But at least it was something different. I don't recall watching people play basketball in Shaws of Sunset or Winter House. And so we're getting some new activity. But the ones that we've had all the time, the pickleballs, the goat yogas, the axe throwing, like, to me, that's just lazy. Like, we've seen that way too many times. So let's, let's figure something out. Let's all sit down and brainstorm if we got to. Before the season starts, let's all just put on our thinking caps and let's think, okay, what are activities that we haven't done in these shows that we could do this season? And then encourage the housewives to do those new activities instead of all these things that we've done a hundred times. Am I making sense? I think so. Anyway, we see Heather on the phone with her daughters. They're talking about Thirsty Thursdays. The daughter is in college. And I was happy. You know, I like Heather's kids. I do. I don't even feel like we even barely know them, but they seem like nice young gals. Then we see Lisa talking to Jack about college. This is when they have that whole basketball game, and they're just shooting around, and it's like they're arguing about the businesses. And Lisa had a lot of good points, I think, was she's like, I funded the fucking business for you, Jack. And I don't believe that those kids really do anything for that business. I feel like Lisa's like, here, pretend you run this. Remember that one season a couple years back when he was sitting in a conference room, and he didn't even know. Lisa was like mouthing him the words like, hey, talk about this. And so I think Lisa needs to give him some hard loving because uh, we all need a little hard loving. But I think the kids should go to college just for the social experience. It's not even about getting a job afterwards. But if the parents want to pay for college, go have some fun, Jack. You saw how Heather's daughter is having fun on Thirsty Thursday at the college. It was funny. Heather was talking on the phone with the daughter, and she's like, I didn't even know that Thirsty Thursday was a thing. And when I was in college, every single day was a different drinking day. It was like, um, uh, why can't I think of anything? It was like Thirsty Thursday. Why is that the only one I'm thinking of? <laughs> I'm getting too old. My birthday's on this weekend. Sunday. Wish me a happy birthday and also ignore me, because that's how I am, a Libra. Anyway, I do think every day was a different drinking holiday. So I'm happy Heather's daughter is enjoying that. And I wish Jack's, I wish he would stop saying fudge college. Fudge college, honestly. And he would just go and have a good time, go have a thirsty Thursday at college. And then let's see, we land on Jen's new house. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Wow. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. My friend Flea just brought me over some pastries. So I'm also very sugared up. I apologize. Blame her for the, for the sugared up nature of Dan, because I got a lot of thoughts on Jen's new house. And specifically, the charcuterie plate. Right, okay, first let's talk about the house. It looks like a budget Home Alone house. It's like half of the Home Alone house. Has anyone noticed this? Go look at Jen's new house. Or I don't know what house we're on, house number four or whatever, chalet number six. I'm not sure. But it's one of the houses that we've been, uh, she just moved into. And on the outside, it very much looks like the stunningly beautiful Home Alone house. But it's like a third of it. Because you know that front of the Home Alone house is stunning, gorgeous, and large. And it's got the same kind of outside brick, but it's very small. Now, Jen's mom shows up. And as the mom is showing up, Jen is putting together the charcuterie plate. Now, I keep playing that music because it was the scariest charcuterie plate I've ever seen. Now, I was looking at it at first, and I'm like, this doesn't look like very nice charcuterie. And I know Jen, last week on the show, was drinking the coffee, mate. So they're trying to show us that she's now a budget consumer, right? 
But I would have never thought that Jen Shaw would be serving Hormel pepperoni on a charcuterie plate. Now, let me tell you something. I love a charcuterie. And in the scene after this, we saw Whitney Wild Rose at the house with a very nice charcuterie plate. She made herself, but Jen Shaw's over here serving the mom. And didn't she borrow a bunch of money from the mom? And then now the mom's coming over. You would think Jen would put a little more effort in that charcuterie. I'm sorry to have to be the one to say it. But that charcuterie, Hormel pepperoni. Now, let me just... uh, Okay. If you're driving pullover, let me just talk about this Hormel pepperoni. If you're not familiar, you don't even buy it in the refrigerated section. Okay. You know, when you go to the nice market, the deli, they got the sticks of pepperoni. Now, as an Italian man, I have shopped for uh, upwards of 3 million Hormel pepperonis or 3 million pepperoni sticks, I should say. Salami sticks, meat sticks. It's what my people do. We like a meat stick. Gay and Italian. We love a meat stick. Ladies, am I right? Anyway. A meat stick, oftentimes a good one, is found in the refrigerated section. Now, the Hormel pepperoni is not only not in the refrigerated section, which you could still buy meat sticks, not refrigerated. That's not a make-or-break situation. I don't want you to think that. However, the Hormel isn't even by the other meats. It's by the pizza-making section. I'm talking the bobolis or what What are the... Um, <laughs> What are those pizza crusts called that that come in the ba- bag or whatever that aren't refrigerated? It's just like a ready-made pizza crust. It starts with a B. It's like baboli. That's not it, but it's something like that. Anyway, that's where the Hormel pepperoni is. And it's not even with the sandwich meats. It's like in a whole separate section because it's like the ugly stepchild of the pepperoni sticks. And so they have it in the bag. And it's got even, I think, I haven't bought that Hormel pepperoni in a very long time. Because even when I'm making a pizza, I get a fresh pepperoni stick, right? Like, I'm not doing the bag by the pizza-making supplies. Anyway, I'm pretty sure, at least this used to be the case, when you would open up the Hormel pepperoni, they'd put one of those preservative bags. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, the beaded bags inside that they put in, like, shoe boxes. That's, like, what they put in the Hormel pepperoni because it's barely meat. Okay, so that's what Jen Shah was doing. And she, charcuterie plates are in right now. And if you've been paying attention, TikTok, now uh, butterboards are in too, which I have a whole lot of thoughts about that. I don't know why we need to be serving wet butter to guests. That's a tale for another time. The point is, charcuterie plates are in. Gwyneth Paltrow, Chrissy Teigen, these people are not serving Hormel pepperoni on their charcuteries. They are cutting up some fresh sliced pepperoni from a meat stick. And so the fact that Jen Shaw was just serving the Hormel pepperoni, I was shocked. And I didn't even get into the fact that she's also serving the Parmesan crisps. And then also making the puzzle. I mean, it was just, I felt like, what was I? I felt like I was watching old episodes of Vanderpump Rules or something. Like, that's the kind of charcuterie they would serve. And again, I know Jen's fallen on hard times, and she was bamboozling the old people, and now she might be going away to uh, some sort of prison or jail or something. But I don't know that that should be an excuse to serve Hormel pepperoni to your mother. I mean, Linda Pellegrino, can I tell you something? Linda Pellegrino, my mother... She would leave immediately if I served her those little slices of Hormel pepperoni. I mean, she forget it. She'd be like, Dan, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I didn't raise you to serve me this, Dan. Linda would be pissed if I served those little slices of pepperoni, those little thin slices. How do you even eat those on a charcuterie? They don't even go well on a cracker. I'm sorry, they're too thin. They're too thin. They're too thin. Linda didn't raise me that way. And so I wish she, she would be ashamed if I served that. And Erica Jane's going through hard times on Beverly Hills, too. I don't believe Erica Jane would ever serve such a, a charcuterie uh, accoutrement of a thin Hormel pepperoni. I mean, that Hormel pepperoni, it doesn't even look like real meat. It's like colored. I feel like they get put red food coloring in it. <laughs> just like, they just serve it like that. 
I'm sorry, the Hormel people. I hope they're not a sponsor on this show because they won't be anymore after I talked all this shit. But it's not right. You don't even put that on a pizza, let alone on a charcuterie. And those Parmesan crisps, those are okay, but they belong in the salad. I'm sorry. I don't believe that the Parmesan crisps go on a charcuterie. That's my opinion. Maybe that's controversial. But, but those butter boards, I, I know we just talked about that briefly, but I do want to say it is disgusting to serve the wet butter. And this is a trend on tr- TikTok now. They're putting out the softened butter on a big old board, and they're putting herbs and shit on it. And then you're supposed to take your bread at a party. People are supposed to come over your house, and you're cutting up bread, and they're all dipping their dirty little grippers into that butter board. And I don't want anyone's grippers on my butter, okay? I don't want a single grip on my butter, because that's just not something. You serve it with a knife or something. I'm seeing these butter boards where people are just dipping in willy-nilly with their dirty grips. And I'm sorry, people could say they wash their hands. They don't wash those grips all the time. They just don't. It's a lie. If people say they do, they're lying. And so the fact that everyone's just diving in head first or gripper first on their butter boards, uh-uh, not okay. Not okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. Where are we at here? Oh, so we're talking about Jen Shah going to prison. I'm sorry. That should have been the headline instead of the butterboard or in the, in the Hormel pepperoni. But here we are. They're doing a puzzle together, the mom and Jen Shah. Now, Jen is saying the son, Omar, is crying about maybe she's going to have to go away. And this was making me sad. Although she should have thought of that before she was bamboozling the elderly, I do understand. And she's uh, she's kind of u- maybe using Omar for sympathy for the audience. And I got to say, it's working. It's working on me. Sorry. It is what it is. It's what it is. And I'm also loving the green interview look with the hair. Do you know what I'm talking about? I love that. But she's saying, Jen Shah is saying she's getting bullied online. She said everybody's bullying her. And I would say if you're under investigation for bamboozling the elderly and you could possibly go to jail and you got a trial date in a couple of months, then maybe you need to get off the internet, right? Like I think of getting off Twitter and Instagram and social media all the time. And ultimately, if I was in this situation, I think I would. I think I'd say I'm logging out because I'm not sure that I need to hear from everybody calling me a, a whatever. They're calling her Jen Shah. So get offline is the, the point of that. Anyway, they did all these close-ups of that ugly-ass charcuterie plate. And then we cut to Whitney Wild Rose where she's serving this gorgeous charcuterie plate. And Meredith shows up dressed as sexy Beetlejuice. And they are just a duo that I was not expecting. And their faces are a little less mobile this season. I will say that. God bless everyone. Do what you want. Um, but that's not even the look that I really want to focus on, because what I want to focus on is Whitney's confessional, which gave me a little bit of a jump scare. Now, it's giving 80s Tiffany, Cindy Lauper, Girls Just Want to Have Fun era. Girl? <laughs> I added Asher from The Real House of Beverly Hills, and I remixed it with Cindy Lauper. Girl? I need to be stopped. Anyway, uh, she's giving me 80s Cindy, which I love 80s Cindy. I mean, no one's better than Cindy Lauper. I'm sorry, girls just want to have fun. Time after time, all through the night, which is my favorite of that era. It's sort of an underrated Cindy Lauper ballad-ish song. I love it all through the night. Anyway, uh, she's giving me this look that I was not expecting. And at first, you know, my equilibrium was off. I fell over for a second. I blacked out. And then I came to and I looked at it again and I thought, oh, that's working for me. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. But Meredith says Lisa's badmouth everyone. And then we see a montage of Lisa badmouthing everyone. Now she has talked shit about each of the gals, went through one by one. They sit down and they're eating this 
charcuterie outside, and Whitney says, what have you heard about Lisa? What do you know about Lisa? Before Meredith answers, she eats a cracker, and I swear they added in a sound effect. Did anyone catch this? They added in a cracker-eating sound effect, because I don't believe that the mic picked up the way that Meredith was eating that cracker the way it did. (laughs) I swear they hired a Foley artist, which if you're unfamiliar, a Foley artist is someone who comes in and makes sounds for movies. I don't know how else to explain it, but I Google it. But a Foley artist is what I think they hired to show that Meredith was eating this cracker. And it was the loudest sound effect I've heard on the whole show. And I like when they add in a little sound effect. I like when it's covert. I don't want it to be in my face, but I like when they just subtly add in a very loud chewing of a cracker. Something about that makes me feel like I'm in a cartoon or something. You know, when you're watching one of those old timey cartoons and like the cartoon's eyes pop out and it's like, (laughs) or the tongue flaps open. Like that's what I imagine. Uh, that's what I like when they do on House Size, when it feels like all of a sudden I'm watching Looney Tunes cartoon. That makes me feel good. Anyway, Meredith says she heard that, uh, heard that Lisa gave out sexual favors for Vita Tequila to get on the store shelves. And Whitney says she heard the same, that she slept with someone to get it and whatever. And then I say good for her. It's hard. I know we've talked about this before, but good for Lisa. Get it in the store shelves. It's not so easy. Then Whitney says, I feel bad talking about her. But then she goes on to talk about her. And Meredith says, the last thing I want to do is talk behind her back. But then they go back and talk behind her back some more. And so Whitney says, during my last, Whitney's all about this energy healing. She met with some woman named Megan. And she's like, during my last energy healing session with Megan, I was able to connect with Lisa Now, I was confused. It made it seem like Lisa was a ghost. And they do a lot of ghost work on these shows. You know, Beverly Hills, I think that their ghost was uh, hanging out with Kathy in Kyle's basement. And that's what actually led to Kathy's breakdown. However, here in Salt Lake City, I was like, oh, my God, at least this makes total sense. Like, Lisa's actually a ghost. Did you ever see that, spoiler alert, Nicole Kidman movie, The Others? Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this, you better fast forward because I'm about to give something away. But anyway, it turns out the end of the movie, we find out that Nicole Kidman's character was a ghost, right? A ghost. So now I'm thinking here, I'm watching uh, Salt Lake City Housewives, and I'm thinking maybe Lisa's been a ghost this whole entire time, right? And so I'm replaying everything back in my head, and I'm thinking like, okay, was she a ghost when she had the garbage whore hot mic moment? Was she a ghost when? And ultimately I realized, no, Whitney's just nuts. She was just doing these crazy energy healing sessions, and she meant she connected spiritually with her. And Meredith is listening to this. She's like, wow. (laughs) It's all so stupid. I love it. I love it. This cast, more than any cast, I have to say, they're giving us acting. Like, they are just performance art at this point. Like, I don't know that much of this is real, but I don't fucking care. I'm living. I'm living, laughing, loving it. Because it's giving me what the other franchises aren't, and it feels so put upon and so actory, and I love that about it. And that's my favorite part about it, is that I'm watching this show, and it just feels like we're acting in a soap opera. And that's a compliment. That's a compliment. Anyway, Meredith says, wow. And then Whitney says, well, when I felt and saw her, I realized there's something there that is worth fighting for. And Meredith responds again with, wow. (laughs) Then we cut to Lisa and the sun. This is where they do that full game of basketball. We already talked about it, but there was music and special effects. And Lisa's asking about the SATs. And he's like, I already own the company and whatever, Fudge College. Fudge College, honestly. Fudge College. He also says, it's where they go to build machines, not humans. And I just love him. 
I love him. He's such a little brat. I love it. <laughs> such, a little, such a little asshole, that kid. I'm sorry, he has a little asshole, and I love him. I love him. But somebody needs to whip him in shape, too. I, I know somebody needs to step in. Lisa, you need to do a better job or something. I'm sorry, not to. I don't mean to tell someone how to parent, but you need to learn how to parent. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> that was mean. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Lisa was, she was yelling at him. She's like, I own the company, Jack. You need to go to college. How are your ideas? Anyway, then we cut to Whitney and the husband, Justin. Now, Whitney reveals that she talked to the half-brother, and she was being very dramatic. And I was like thinking something was going to come that wasn't so dramatic. And then she flipped the script on me, and she tells a story about how she did, the brother, Will, did EDR therapy, I think that's what it was, and told Whitney she was abused, but she, Whitney don't remember. And I really am siding with Whitney on this, like, I don't think that's acting. I do believe that people block out severe trauma in their youth. And so this is what happened. But I was also very focused on the red confessional with the bubbies out. I know it wasn't quite as good as her 80s Cindy Lauper look. Girl. She had the bubbies out in the red dress. I loved it. Anyway, well, she's sad, and I, she's sad, but you know, I know girl still wants to have fun. So this feels very real, though. Whitney says, Megan. Oh, this was the other interesting thing. Uh, Whitney's apparently got demons in the bathroom. That's right. Energy healer Megan said that, Whitney, you got demons in the bathroom. They were going through the house, and I guess the Megan said, Whitney, what's going on with your bathrooms? What's going on with your pooper? Now, I couldn't believe that there's demons in there. And it's not so easy to be living amongst demons. Ask Kathy Hilton. I mean, I don't really have a temper. And so Whitney's got to live with the demons in the restrooms only, apparently. That's where they're at the house. We don't really ultimately learn much about ex- the details of this bathroom trauma, or in the words of Activia Curtis, trauma. Trauma? What does she say in the Halloween press tour? Trauma? Trauma? Anyway, she Whitney says she wants to unremember everything, which I believe to be a shout-out to my book, How Do I Unremember This? Available now. You get a signed copy at everythingiconic.store. Moving on. We see Jen. She's planning for this garbage trash whore lingerie party. She tells husband Sharif, this is what we're doing. It's going to be a GTW party. Because Coach Sharif is like, I don't know that you should be really throwing a garbage whore party. It's maybe not the best thing, but she's like, no, we're going to own it. We're owning the lingerie and the garbage trash shore. Meanwhile, Whitney's planning this trip to Arizona to work through the trauma and also to see the half-brother and get the gals together in our first cast trip. So then we see at the airport, everyone's uh, headed to Arizona. We see Whitney's airport look, which is shocking. Whitney's serving a lot of different looks. I mean, uh, quite a few different looks. Scene to scene, you wouldn't know Whitney's the same person because here we see her with the fringe denim, white cowboy boots, And she's just with Lisa, despite the fact that these two hate each other. Those two are going separate to Arizona with the rest of the group. They don't want to all be together. Now, Heather's not excited to go to Arizona because she says, look, this is basically Utah. Meanwhile, Meredith is like, why don't we go to San Tropez, Bali, the Maldives? And then Whitney says, well, Jen can't leave the country. And then immediately we cut to Jen shouting, USA, all the way. And it was was flawless. It was flawless, little girls. Little girl. We loved it. Flawless editing. And we're just admitting openly on camera that this is a flop locale, but we have to go here because Jen's got a trash. She might be going to jail. Now, this is something that I think the Bravo people learned from the New Jersey Housewives. Because remember on New Jersey Housewives, they go to this flop location every time they're going on vacation. It's like we've gone to the Jersey Shore a hundred fucking times on there, but no one's openly saying that like Teresa can't leave the country or something. You know, like that's what we were dealing with for a bunch of years on Jersey. They weren't going nowhere. 
And so now here on Salt Lake, they're like, yeah, look, we want to go to the Maldives, but not only do we not have the budget because we're season three housewives and none of these shows do all that well and Bravo don't like to loosen up them purse strings, uh, but we're still going to go on a vacation. So yes, it's Arizona. It's a one hour flight and it's the same as Utah, but we're going anyway. So pack up your bags, girls. Little girl. (laughs) Pack up your, (laughs) pack up your Birkins. We're going to Arizona. Anyway, Bravo's going to hate me. I always talk about how cheap they are. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. Maybe it shouldn't be so cheap. Moving on. Okay, we cut to the house. Now, they say it's like Mary's house in Arizona. And this is when Whitney says Mary's still with us. And it's a 1984, massively outdated house. Now, this house, I couldn't believe that they put it on camera. I was actually most shocked about that because not only are we just going to Arizona, but usually in the other franchises, like we'll go somewhere within the country And we'll still have a nice spot. We'll still have a nice house or something. But this one, I was like, oh my God, did they not look at, did they not get pictures of this place? Did no one see a Zillow listing? Like what's happening here? Was anyone at uh, online to look this up? You could even Google map this shit and you'd be like, oh, that's kind of outdated. And yet we're still doing on a house size franchise in the year of our Lord 2022. And so it is massively outdated. I can't even believe that we're filming here. It's almost as bad as, and I'm excited. I love this trip. Okay. So this is just a knock on the house specifically, but it's almost like, and I'm going to get in trouble. Probably some of you are going to reach out and say this is a nice house because when I talked about how shitty that New York cast trip was, remember when they went to Salem, which by the way, love Salem. Was that where they were? Salem, Massachusetts. I can't remember everything. Anyway, remember they went there and it was like, the most claustrophobic filming ever. It was like the smallest rooms. And I felt like I was getting claustrophobic just watching them gals. And then ultimately the real house in New York essentially got canceled for a couple of years. I know they're coming back to us soon. I don't think they're canceled for good, but I got in a lot of trouble. I got a lot of heat for talking about how shitty that location was. And I thought it was a beautiful location. It was just the Ultimately, where they stayed is the most important. So at least Salt Lake is a spread out big house, but it is massively outdated. So then Lisa and Whitney have a one-on-one, despite the fact that they hate each other. And they talk about how Whitney has this trauma that she's been living through and she blocks out stuff. And have you ever heard of false memory syndrome? I had a friend who taught me all about this. It's like very fascinating stuff. And I don't really remember anything to share, but... (laughs) I have blocked out everything I learned about false memory syndrome, but I know if you look it up, there's like a lot of interesting cases. Because I remember I had a a roommate who had this whole situation. I mean, it was like really crazy stuff. But anyway, I blocked it all out. Lisa doesn't understand, though, why Meredith would hate her after 10 years. So Lisa's like, I don't get it. We've been sisters for 10 years. And it's like, well, you've been sisters, but then you were on camera on a national TV show calling her garbage or fucked half in New York. Then said her husband don't work, can't hold down a job. So no wonder she don't like you. But it's like... (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love this show. I'm so happy that Salt Lake City gals are back. We had the finale of Beverly Hills. I mean, we're just living through great times. And so despite the fact that I just said really awful things about the network that's giving us this entertainment, I still love them. Then we cut to all the women. Whitney, they're all there. Whitney gives out rooms. I was really pissed about this. Actually, can we talk about this? We can sit sit tight. Uh, I'm so pissed the fact that when all the gals showed up to the house, Whitney's like, oh, I picked out everyone's rooms. This is unacceptable. And this is something that's been happening a lot on Bravo lately as well. And one of the best things about Bravo Housewives is when they go on these vacations and they argue over rooms for three episodes. That's what New York thrived upon. 
they would squeak out an extra three episodes each season, just deciding who sits where, where Ramona gets to sleep. And so now we're doing this where we're just giving out rooms. It's not okay with me. It's not okay with me. And I need to voice my concern before it happens again. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. It's happening too often where we're just like, oh, we're giving. And then Jen gets the best room, the main bedroom, because she's getting it every time since the whole thing happened with her arrest, which is maybe misguided. Like, I'm, I understand, although I may not feel the same way, I understand all these gals rallying behind Jen. I get it because they know her in real life. When you know someone personally, obviously you have a different connection to them. So even though they might've done these horrific crimes, you still have a different thing. So I, I don't maybe agree with it, but I understand it. However, I don't necessarily understand that because she did this, now she's getting the best bedroom. I'm saying maybe that's a little misguided. Maybe I, what do I know? But they're giving her the best one. And then uh, uh, everyone else gets their rooms. Heather loved the ugly house, though. Did you ever know? Did you notice that? She's like, this house is beautiful. <laughs> it was making me laugh so much. Heather Gay was just like loving the house. She just seemed to let everyone else look at you. could see Meredith's face just hated it. Meredith Marks hated that ugly fucking house. She's like, I can't believe we have to stay here. Because, you know, it's funny to me. So Meredith Marks, I feel like what is so interesting to me is that I think she fancies herself as someone that should be on like a Beverly Hills housewives, right? With the glamour and the the design fashions and all that kind of stuff. But then she looks around sometimes and we see it on camera. She looks around. She's like, Oh no, I'm on Salt Lake City housewives. It's not, we're not in Beverly Hills. And so she's looking around at this house, which the Beverly Hills gals would never stay in. They would never, you saw that Aspen house they stayed in. The Beverly Hills gals wouldn't be caught dead in this uh, fucking shanty. (laughs) In this shed that Bravo made them sleep in on the Salt Lake City housewives. Yes, it's big, but it's got a shed energy. And I'm talking an 80s, 90s shed energy. Girl. That's the vibe this house is giving out. But Heather Gay loves it. And Meredith Marks is disgusted. So you see in her face, go back and watch. She's like, look around. She's like, where the fuck am I? What? It's like she's in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What's that movie, House of Wax, when they go to that town and everyone's made of wax? <laughs> it's like, that's what's happening. And I know a lot of these women are made of wax, so it fits in. But the point is that she's not interested in sitting in this house, but she's got to because that's the price she's paying to be on the house side. So yes, she's in Salt Lake, and they visited Arizona, and now she's in this house from the 90s, and she's going to have to deal with that, Meredith Marks. But Heather loves it. Now, then we see weather talking about the rumors, about the Lisa rumors. And I thought Whitney brought up the specifics of the rumors, but Whitney's now thrown Meredith under the bus. And Heather, meanwhile, is just trying to get some clarity on the rumors. She's like, what, did she you know, suck the bartender's dick? Like, how did she get the, the Vita Tequila on the st- uh, bartender's shelves and in the store shelves? Like, she doesn't understand the logistics of it. But Whitney feels bad. She's like, I got to come clean. And so now she wants to come clean to Lisa. And you know it's going to be a big old mess. But before it's a big old mess, we see a shaman shows up. Ksenia. I hope I'm saying that right. Ksenia. And Ksenia is the type of person who I believe Ksenia probably on the regular gives out ayahuasca. You know, I think that she's that kind of shaman. But instead on this one, she's just giving out a hot cocoa because again, we're on Salt Lake City Housewives. So she's like, I bet she showed up with the ayahuasca and they're like, we're not doing that here. (laughs) These women won't be doing that. Uh, but they will be healing, and you can give them some. You could give them some hot chocolate. So Ksenia, I hope I'm saying that right. Ksenia shows up. She's like, "I'm Ksenia," and then the gals are like, "Gesundheit," and she's like, "No, that's my name, Ksenia." And then Whitney, 
that didn't really <laughs> that didn't really happen. That was a stupid joke. <laughs> stupid joke I wrote in my notes. <laughs> anyway, Ksenia uh, is going to heal them. She's like, let's heal. Whitney keeps calling it healing, but no, Whitney keeps calling it healing. That's what Whitney keeps saying. She can't say heal, heal. And thank God, I don't know if Whitney has a dog, but I hope to God she doesn't. And if she does, that dog's probably not trained because Whitney don't know how to say healing. So those uh, those bitches aren't going to understand that if Whitney's trying to teach a dog how to heal because she keeps saying heal and heal. Like, and the dog's probably like, what are you talking about? Like, if they're <laughs> just imagining Whitney trying to train a dog, she's like, hill, hill, because she can't say the word healing. I'm like, you need to pronunciate. And I know I don't always pronounce it. You guys yell at me. I get yelled at you because send me messages and say, how dare you say that word wrong? But Whitney's saying hill and wrong, and I will die on that hill. <laughs> Meredith brought glam, though. I wondered if the other, we saw Meredith in glam. She didn't show up to the healing section uh, session with Ksenia. And she was with her glam, and I wondered, the other gals get glam? But I am loving Meredith. Speaking of her, she's got the wet hair confessional look, and I thought it was hot and very weird, but I liked it. I liked it, but she's hesitant about going to this Hillen session because she said she went to Hiller, or she went to a shaman Hiller, and the shaman Hiller, it was like a bad experience or something. I don't know. This is when Ksenia's passing out the cocoa elixir, which is really hot chocolate. And then Lisa says... Uh, she don't take nothing. She's nervous to take the hot chocolate. And I was like, Lisa, you need to cool it. I mean, I'm sorry. There's more drugs in that, in the Diet Coke, in the, the gas station slushy that she's drinking on every episode than there is in hot cocoa. But she says she doesn't take no drugs. She said she had the breast augmentation with no drugs. Now, this is all backwards to me. And this is just something I don't care to understand because it's like, how are you you're willing to get your bubbies down. Like you're willing to get new material put in your breast, but you're not allowed to have alcohol or coffee. Like that doesn't make no sense. It makes no fucking sense. And religion is a mess and somebody needs to call it out. Here I am. Okay. So then Whitney, they all are releasing something and then they're taking something in. So Ksenia's like, what are you releasing and what are you calling in? You know, she's real hippy dippy. So Whitney says, I'm releasing my trauma and I'm calling in oneness. And then Ksenia's like, we'll seal that intention. And it's all so insane. It's all so insane. And we get to Jen, and she's like, I'm releasing my fear of trial in 30 days, and I'm calling on my innocence. <laughs> calling on her innocence for the courts. Although now she's saying she's guilty, so she's, there's no innocence. But she was calling on it, so apparently this shaman don't work. Maybe they should have had something more strong than a hot cocoa, because if maybe then Jen would have called in her innocence instead of calling out her guilt plea. Because I don't think, uh, obviously, Ksenia's not doing a good enough job. So, Ksenia, you need to, you need to fix it, little girl. Little girl. Anyway, she, Lisa says, I suck at this, but I'm releasing hurt and sadness, and I'm calling in love and support. I'm not good at this. And so, yeah, she sucks in it, but she's, Lisa's calling in love and support, and specifically, I think, love and support for Sister Meredith. And then Ksenia says, hold that cocoa. No, they're calling it cacao. They're not even calling it cocoa. I'm calling it cocoa, but it's like cacao, cacao elixir. And Ksenia's like, hold that cacao to your heart. Because Meredith finally does show up. And Meredith's like, look, I'm not going to call out an intention. She's like, I'm not interested. I'm scared of it. And then also Meredith called Ksenia the lady. And I do believe a producer told Meredith what this woman's name was. But then Meredith's like, I'm not learning that. And then just called her the lady. (laughs) 
She's like, I'm not interested in learning that name. But this whole show is very performance art, and I loved it. Lisa releases her abandonment. They drink their hot cacao. And then Lisa tells this very chilling story about going down a slide at a at a some sort of, was it a McDonald's playroom or something? She went down a slide. And then her parents were like, come on, we're going. And then Lisa's like, but I want to stay here on the slide. And then the parents just left. And they left Lisa on the slide. And then eventually Lisa went down in a million times. And then she looked around. She's like, where are my folks? And they had left. They left her there. So Lisa, little baby Lisa was like, where are my parents? She had to go to the front desk of the McDonald's playroom or wherever the fuck they were and try to find the folks. And it's not so easy back then. They didn't have cell phones and everything. You know, I got lost in the 90s. You know the story. I got lost at Disney World. I was missing for an hour, and my mom always says, you weren't lost, Dan. And then I recently found a home videotape where my dad admits on camera, caught him on candid camera, saying this is where Danny was misplaced. So uh, Gary Pellegrino admitted it on camera. It was his hot mic moment, basically calling me a garbage whore behind the door, like Lisa. But he was admitting to me being lost. And so, look, parents put us through trauma. It is what it is. But uh, Lisa... Went through a serious trauma at that McDonald's playpen, or wherever the fuck they were that, where I don't know where. Did she say specific? Was it a park or something? I don't care. Anyway, uh, Meredith calls it, um, okay, so they're doing this, they're all yelling, and they're calling on tears, and they're all trying to, this is really an acting exercise. Like, this is what you would do at some sort of acting class where they're all laying around and they're all trying to get tears out. And they finally do some of them. Lisa's got tears, Whitney's got tears. Like, they're all got tears coming out. And Meredith... Uh, calls the whole thing triggering. She, and she keeps calling it a shimmin. I think not a shaman. She calls it a shimmin. And she says it's triggering. And then uh, Lisa says to Meredith, I used to feel like a safe space for you. And I'm sorry. And then Meredith's like, you're not a space, safe space for me. You know, she snaps. And then Lisa's like, okay, I'm leaving. And I thought we were going to get another hot mic moment from Lisa, but ultimately they went to commercial. And we didn't get that. But then we cut to dinner uh, because Ksenia released the gals. She says, I'm going to. I'm going to leave, but keep the conversation flowing, girlies. Like, that's essentially what she said. And then this is at dinner when Whitney reveals the abuse. Heather says, you were abused? Now, this is what's interesting to me. Did you see Heather's face at the very end of the episode when Lisa or when Whitney is saying that she was abused by the family? Because you know they're cousins. And I know there's this big feud. And Heather's face was looking like, you weren't, you weren't, uh, little girl. Little girl. And so this is interesting. Maybe that's just like a red herring or what do they call it? Maybe they're trying to lead us in one direction and lie. But I do believe that Heather seemed skeptical about this Whitney story about the abuse. So I don't know. Next time the episode ends, next time we get horses, we get cowgirls. What is that horse thing? We're doing a lot of cowgirls, our forever work on this show. We're only two episodes in and we've got a lot of cowgirl work happening. Anyway, Meredith has some very 1998 hair. It's very Julia Roberts or very, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's like a very 1998 haircut in next week's episode for Meredith. I cannot wait. Then we get the lingerie party and the weather fight. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited, girls. I'm having fun. Oh, girl. Oh, girls just want to have fun. Okay, you probably turned it off when I started singing. So I'm going to wrap this up. We're going to get into the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I love the Salt Lake City gals. Oh, they give it to us every time. Give it to us. I love you all. I want to remind you all that I have my holiday movie podcast. We just launched our first episode of the season. That's a Hocus Pocus 2 recap. You can listen to that podcast. It's called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. I host it with my friend Jenna. We do not get paid for it. We just do it for fun, so no complaints. But it's a really fun time, and it's also very inappropriate. We talk about all sorts of things. In addition to the 
uniqueness that is a Hocus Pocus 2. So that's our first episode. The rest of the season will be launching in November, and we'll be covering a bunch of Christmas movies. This is season four, so you can go back and listen to old episodes, but we really like to dive into the holiday movies. So we do old classics. This year we're covering Home Alone, or no, we already covered Home Alone. We're covering the Santa Claus movies. We're doing Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I'll Be Out for Christmas, all sorts of stuff. But the Hocus Pocus 2 recap is out now, a very merry iconic podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at a very merry iconic podcast if you want. Follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts 
out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. And we're back, little girls. Little girl? <laughs> the Real Outsize. A Beverly Hills finale is upon us, and I thought it was a great season finale. I thought it had drama, intrigue. It had laughs when they were fighting over them Birkins. Patrick the butler showed up, although Kathy was nowhere to be found. I mean, I don't really have a temper. She decided to sit this one up, but she sent Patrick along, who was trying to sleep with Sutton's assistant, who inexplicably keeps getting a lower thirds title every episode he's in, despite the fact that he never really has any lines and doesn't add much to the storyline. They still feel the need to title him, which is odd, and it leads me to believe that there was some truth to some situation with Kathy and the uh, Sutton's assistant, because why else would they keep showing a title card on him? He's not even speaking. Anyway, uh, it had everything. Not only that, we got an appearance from Asher, who I've been missing. Oh, girl. <laughs> Showed up with a prop from Wizard of Oz with Dorothy's slippers. He was just wearing them. Bright red ruby slippers in the season finale of The Real House of Beverly Hills season 12. I was into it. And I'm going to miss Asher when he's gone next season because there's no way that Diana's back. I don't even know why she was a main cast member this season. She should have been a friend of or guest star because she barely added anything. Although I did warm up to her more by the end of the season than I did earlier. But it was weird to me that she was even a main cast member because we already had all these main cast members. Diana didn't really do anything other than lick the lips on camera. So Room 23's Diana Jenkins. I'm sure this was her swan song because there's no way they're going to bring that Room 23 back next season. No way. No way. Uh, did we talk about the morally corrupt Faye Resnick? I mean, when Splits wheels her out in front of the red light, I get so excited. A chill goes up my spine. Because I love me some morally corrupt Faye Resnick. And she got in on the mix. Did you hear her when she was sticking up for Kath? She was like, oh, don't you dare talk about Kathy like that. She's yelling back at Rinna. Oh, I loved it. I was like, mic her up, put her in front of the red light. She's doing more for this finale than some of those other gals. Dorit's not doing anything. She's sleeping through the finale. She didn't even realize her husband was at the party. She's like, oh, PK, you're here. She didn't even know. And so we need to get morally corrupt. Uh, we need to get her a mic pack because they had to subtitle her because they didn't have her mic'd up. And I was like, who allowed this to happen? Those producers, as soon as you see Faye Resnick, you see her, the morally corrupt, you mic her up. You spread them legs and get her mic'd because she needs to be on camera. She's a star. She's a star. Not everyone has that. Not everyone's a, a television star, but you know who is a television star? The morally corrupt Faye Resnick. Get her a mic pack and put her in front of the red light. Anyway, Splits was in the middle of this whole episode. We're going to get to it. But first, let's go back to the beginning with the Birkin party, hosted by Garcelle. Again, Kathy's uh, butler, Patrick, was there trying to sleep with the assistant of Sutton. And what was he saying? He's like, I'm single, but I'm a butterfly, so go flower to flower. And then he was like telling the assistant. They had him on a hot mic moment. I thought he was going to say, like Lisa Barlow talking about being a garbage whore, because they had him on a secret mic pack. And he was saying, oh, I got massage hands. And he was like coming on to him, which God bless. You know, Patrick needs loving too. 
So let him get it. But the point is, he was flirting with the boy, and then they mic'd him up and subtitled it. If I was Patrick, I'd be pissed, because he was trying to get some. He was trying to get some dick, just like the rest of us. And so Pat, poor Patrick, his whole game that he was spitting is now, it's all broadcast to the world, and he didn't sign up for this. He probably didn't even get paid for that appearance. And now all his flirting's for all the world to see about that whole line. And I bet you he uses that butterfly line when he's out in WeHo every uh, Tuesday night, He's probably at the bars, the gay bars, trying to use that same line about being a butterfly and about how his hands are good for massages. And now the uh, producers on The Real House of Beverly Hills ruined his cover. So justice for Patrick is what I'm trying to say. Justice for Patrick. Let him get laid. Get fucked. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kathy, you know, she's sending all these cease and desist out, allegedly, and she's trying to get things squashed in the media. She should try to get the storyline with Patrick squashed because it's unacceptable. And I will take down NBC and Bravo over it. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. Poor Patrick just wanted to get some dick. Let him get some dick. Anyway, uh, moving on. He is yeah flirting. Then they're all fighting over these bags. Garcelle ultimately gets a bag, which was exciting. We see Splits and Garcelle talking. You know, they're the queen bees of this show. These two are running the running the whole show. I'm sorry to say it. But it's so funny because now Garcelle is finally calling out what's going on with all the bamboozle Jane and Lips. They're trying to have this whole thing being leaked to the press, and they're talking about what Kathy did in Aspen, and they keep bringing up every situation, every party. And a lot of the details of filming are being leaked to the blogs. And so there now Garcelle and Kyle are onto it because Kyle is saying, look, my sister Kathy apologized to you, Renna. We all sat down. I'm moving forward. Why don't you move forward? But Lips isn't moving forward. She's getting stuck in the muck with it. And she just keeps saying she's going to get cancer over it. She just keeps saying, I'm going to get cancer. And I was thinking, like, Lips, like, this is, you're being a little bit dramatic. Like, you're saying you're going to keep this in. And obviously, you're not saying what you want to say, which is uh, what you're leaking to the blogs, I believe. So I don't know. It's all very sketchy. It's all very sketchy. But Kyle says she wants to keep the peace for the family. And she said, Paris and Nikki, Kathy's daughters, are like her little sisters. Now, I let out a guffaw. I let out a guffaw because she's their aunt. She is decades older than Nikki and Paris. So when Split said, she's like, I got to keep the peace with my sister, Kathy, because Nikki and Paris are like my sisters. And it was just so, (laughs) it was so Kardashian, or it's like that SNL sketch where it's the Kardashians and uh, Kris Jenner, and Kris is talking about how the girls are like her sisters. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's an old SNL sketch. Anyway, that's what it was reminding me of. I was like, Kyle, you are decades older than those gals. So let's not pretend you raised them. You were babysitting them. You're not like their sister. (laughs) Not like their sisters. Anyway, Rena. Uh, oh, speaking of, this is funny too. So, uh, Crystal's in this baby doll dress, which I don't like the baby doll. I think the baby doll dresses look weird on any adult human or even young human. I think they're weird. I just, they're not, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of them. But Crystal's at least young and she, I don't know, she could sort of pull it off or whatever. But Rena was like, what would it be like if I wore in that baby doll dress? And Crystal just like laughs and she did like a Jim Halpert right to the camera. <laughs> she, Crystal just, uh, she mugged it right for the camera as if she was uh, John Krasinski. And she was like, oh yeah, you in the baby doll dress. Okay, Rena. Anyway, uh, Rena keeps saying she's shook by that behavior. She's shook. And they, they show a montage of her saying she's shook. I'm shook. I'm so shook. I'm so shook. And Garcelle's like, well, if Kyle wants to sweep this whole thing under the rug, Rena, you need to butt out of it. 
And Ren is like, I hope that Kathy gets the help that she needs. And it's just so bizarre. And if there was more to the story, they need to tell us what was more to the story. But as it stands, it's all very odd and confusing. And I have my theories. I actually do believe that Rinna and Erica were leaking things in different ways, right? They all have their people. And we know that. I know that. You all know that. They have their people who can covertly get things out. And sometimes, I mean, even on this podcast, sometimes people reach out to me. And that's why I always say on everything I kind of, I don't report any of that stuff because it's like, I don't even know what's true and what's not. Because literally people's housewives or people who work for housewives and stuff like that, they'll send me messages or something. And I'm just thinking, I don't know who to believe. You're all liars. And so I'm just watching it unfold on screen. And I'm going to report to the people what I see on the network because I can't be... uh, every I feel like everybody's a liar. I don't know who's telling the truth. And so I do believe it seemed to me like Erica and Rena were guilty as well, because when they were confronted later on at the diamond party, they seemed guilty to me. The way they were saying, like, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It was like they were so defensive. It was something about it. It just was like, yeah, you're guilty. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think Kathy definitely had a meltdown and maybe said some inappropriate things. I certainly think that was true. I mean, I don't really have a temper think you do, Kath, but I don't care. I think I think they're still like dogs with bones, and I think they are trying to change the narrative, even though Bamboozle Jane says she's more famous than Miss Hilton, Conga Hilton. I don't think that's true, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, then we see everyone getting ready for this diamond party, and I love the interstitials of everyone. There was a moment where Dorit and PK were getting ready, and PK was like, should I do a bow tie or a long tie? And then Dorit's like, hmm, I think you should do a bow tie. And then he's like, well, I don't have a bow tie. Why would you ask me that, PK? <laughs> They're not offering anything this season, those two. <laughs> Dorit got robbed the first week of filming, and then she's just been asleep ever since. And it's like, that's all she's doing. She's no longer engaged in this show, and she should not be on this show because she's really not giving us anything. She had that one moment where she was saying that Wind chimes were chic, and then that's it. And so I don't think we need Dorit more than a friend of. Like, let's just have her be a friend, and she can still show up to the parties, but she's not giving us nothing. They need to get rid of half this cast because they're not giving, they're not doing enough, and they need to step it up. And so we're going to give the diamond over to Morley Krupp Faye Resnick, unless you step it up, ladies. I'm sorry, somebody's got to say it. Anyway, they're all getting ready. And Rena is talking about, on the way to the party, how her publicist keeps reaching out, and there's like all these cease and assists from Kathy. And Rinna said she was silenced. She keeps telling us, she keeps showing us them texts that say, like, be silent or whatever the fuck Kathy said in that text. Like, silence is golden. And And then Rinna says, you can't make it go away. Meanwhile, at Splits' diamond party, they're all putting down million-dollar necklaces. There was a $3 million necklace going around Splits' neckline. And I was thinking, there's no way you should put any diamonds on Splits. Because as soon as you get a vodka soda into that woman, she's going to be twirling that hair around, and she's going to be doing the splits. And so I would uh, proceed with caution if I was that diamond deer. I don't know what they call people who sell diamonds. Uh, but if I was the diamond deer, I would certainly not give splits of all people million dollars of diamonds that you got to give back by the end of the night. Because I would imagine one, two, three martinis and splits is going to have them diamonds all over the dance floor. And by the way, she don't even need to find a dance floor because she'll do them splits in the forest if she got to. Right? It's like that old adage, if a tree falls when no one's looking in the forest, can you hear it? And it's like, if cameras aren't on splits, is she doing the splits? I think so. <laughs> it's like that old... It's like that old saying, if no cameras are around, is Splits doing the splits? I think so. That's a, I'm going to get that on a pillow. Anyway, so they're putting on all these things and all these diamonds. Faye Resnick shows up. That's when I got the chills. 
And Dorit and PK show up. And on the way in, Dorit's like, do I tell you how I love you, baby? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, do I show you how I loved you this morning, baby? And PK's like, nope. And and that got me thinking. And I'm disgusted that I even am saying this out loud. But it did get me thinking about their sex life. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, it got me thinking about it. I'm not proud of that. Sometimes these thoughts come in your head and you think like, why are we thinking that way? And it, I can't help it. I can't help it. Girl. It just came in my mind and I'm disgusted by it, but they were talking about it. They presented to us on a platter. And so of course, then I'm thinking about it. And it's a disgusting thing to think about. And ultimately I don't think that they do it a lot or at all. But maybe they do. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, they have the kids, but I feel like after the kids, they were like, okay, that's enough. (laughs) Dorit's like, I'm done. I'm done. Anyway, um, let's move on because nobody wants to hear about that. Asher shows up on them Dorothy heels. Ah, you guys. Girl. I loved it. He just wanted to have fun. Girl. (laughs) He was trying to match. Uh, room 23's Diana Jenkins, and I love him, and I, again, I'm gonna miss him. Just in them, he was about to knock them heels together and find a witch. I mean, at some point, I thought Rinna was gonna be under that house, because I swear, I thought Asher shut up as Dorothy, and he was gonna flop them heels together, and then suddenly we were just gonna see Rinna's legs and them boots underneath the house, you know, like in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought we're not in Beverly Hills anymore, Toto. We're in we're in a different world because he's wearing them heels to match the wife or the girlfriend. Are they even married? I'm still completely unclear about that. And you guys correct me every week because I think I get it wrong. But I'm still unwilling to learn if Asher and Diana are married or dating or if he's her son. I'm not sure. Unclear. Unclear. But you know what? They're together and they're matching outfits. Anyway, Diana says she doesn't bother putting on any of the jewels because she buys her own jewels. I mean, that's a flex. Diana was flexing there. She's like, I don't got I think the producer stepped in and was like, Diana, all the other women borrowed jewels. And she's like, oh, I don't do that. And then she licked her lips and we moved on. That was like her only line of the whole episode. <laughs> oh, and then PK, meanwhile, the men were dressed up too. I mean, Mauricio looked amazing. Like he looked, I was looking at him and I was getting a little, you know what I mean? You know, I was like, Matt, get the fan. <laughs> I was getting a little hot and bothered by it. But PK, meanwhile, was an Alexander McQueen. And I got to tell this story. Now, Alexander McQueen's this expensive designer brand. And you know, I'm a Maxinista. You guys know that. I don't shop for expensive clothes. But when I shot, I did this photo shoot and I got this Alexander McQueen shirt. Okay. Quick story. Quick little detour. It's the most expensive shirt I've ever bought in my life. I don't have anything that expensive, and I bought it because I was taking new photos for this podcast cover art. So if you look at the podcast cover for Everything Iconic, it's me in this Alexander McQueen shirt. It fits so good. I love it. But of course, I can never buy another one. And it essentially sat in my closet because I couldn't wear it. I put it as my podcast cover art, and I did a whole photo shoot on it. So after you do a photo shoot and something like that, it's like, what am I going to do with it now? I, I'm done with it. So a week ago, I have this meeting, and I go in this meeting, and I'll, I won't bore you with the details, but I sit in this conference room, and there's all these people in this meeting, and it was an exciting, like, businessy kind of thing. And I decide going into that meeting, I wanted to get dressed up, and I look at the Alexander McQueen shirt, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this on. I'm going to wear this. It's been sitting in my closet. I haven't worn it again. I'm going to wear it. Okay? Because I'm like, I got to get my use out of it. And it's, I never wear it. I think I wore it maybe one other time. Or to a dinner or something. 
And so I put it on and you guys, I get to the meeting and everyone, I, they welcome me into this conference room and it's sort of about my career or whatever. Anyway, so they had, uh, they had this pamphlet out where they printed my picture from, <laughs> they printed the picture of me and the Alexander McQueen and everyone had a copy of me with the shirt that I was wearing to this meeting. I was so embarrassed. I was like, Oh my God, I've never worn this fucking shirt. And now for this meeting, you all decide to print a picture of me in the fucking shirt and you give it to everyone. I mean, I was so embarrassed and it was a lesson learned, but honestly, it's like, you <laughs> That's why you can't buy expensive clothes, because what, then you wear it one time? And especially the nice, expensive stuff, I feel like is so, I don't know. I'll never buy an expensive shirt again. That's why I want a $30 shirt from TJ Maxx, and that's about it. I'm going to Marshall's. Ladies, am I right? Anyway, a PK was wearing the Alexander McQueen, and I like that design. I would love to be able to wear Alexander McQueen all the time. Maybe one day, but at this point, no. We got to talk about this diamond party, though, because I miss the days when they used to invite everyone to the finale party. I'm talking, let's get Camille there. Let's get Brandy Glanville. Like, let's get Kim Richards. Remember that one season? I think it was season 10 or something. Splits had the party at the house. She invited Maloof Hoof. She had... Uh, Denise uh, motherfucking Richards. I mean, she had everybody at this party. And now we're doing these weird COVID parties where there's 10 of them there. Thank God they at least got Faye Resnick a COVID test and let her show up because as it stands, there was barely anybody there. And I'm like, we need to get some extras in there. It's like, these parties are getting sad. Next season, we need it better. Anyway, Kyle is talking to Crystal, which I don't believe has happened all season. I mean, seeing those two together, I was like, are they even friends? Like, I don't think I've seen him film once. And Kyle's telling Crystal that someone's leaking all this stuff to the press. It's getting really sketchy. And apparently this was a charity event. I was so confused about that. It was for Princess Grace Foundation. I didn't understand that. I was like, who's this woman who was like talking from the diamonds? She got on the microphone. I was like, who is she? Who the fuck is that? Who the fuck? Okay, so then Garcelle says she talks to Kathy earlier that day. And Kyle's making him this big excuse. She's like, oh, Kathy's traveling. She's not traveling. I got news for you. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Kathy wasn't showing up to filming because she was pissed. Okay. There's no vacation. I don't think she was anywhere other than at her house and with her lawyers and taking down NBC Bravo. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. That's what Kath was doing. And God bless. She didn't have to show up to this basic ass party. She don't need them diamonds. She's got her own diamonds. Anyway, it's a Princess Grace Foundation charity event. Uh, Garcelle talked to Kathy. Garcelle says Erica and Rena aren't Kyle's friends. They're just trying to distract from the Erica Jane situation because Bamboozled Jane is in all that legal drama. And so, of course, now that's what the, that's what I believe too. I said that on the show last week. I think they're trying to distract from all the Bamboozled Jane drama. Bamboozled Jane. Meanwhile, the gals all move over the heaters and they leave all the men. Hip Hop Rob is there too, by the way. And I do have to point out, Hip Hop Rob on the way was talking about how he wanted some grills. And I wish they would get Hip Hop Rob some grills. And I believe that next season, I better see Hip Hop Rob with some grills in his mouth. Like Madonna on the Jimmy Fallon show. (laughs) Did you see that interview? That's what I want Rob showing up looking like. Next season, season 13, if I don't see Hip Hop Rob in front of the red light with some grills, I'm going to be pissed. You hear me, NBC Bravo? You hear me? Anyway, Kathy has her own shit too, Erica says. Kathy's got her own shit she's got to live up to. Everyone's talking about me. I've had a deal with everyone coming after me every second. Ugh, Erica Jane's so exhausting. I was starting to like her. Not like her, but I, I mean, I guess like her. The past few weeks, I've been warming up to Bamboozle Jane a little bit. And then this weekend, or this week, I was like, oh, that fucking asshole. <laughs> I was getting so pissed. <laughs> 
you know, that's the roller coaster run. That's the roller coaster run with Bravo. But she was really annoying me. She, cause she was trying to, I believe she was trying to divert from her own legal drama and situation. And she's like, Kathy's got to own up to Ugh. I mean, and her and Rena together to me, that they're the duo. And I honestly don't think we should get rid of both of them. Okay. I'm of the opinion that we need one of them around for dramas, but I can't stand them both together. I mean, to me, they're the most annoying duo. And I'm sorry to be the one to say this. I'm sorry to have to say it. Somebody's got to speak out loud. Um, we got to cry out loud and we got to speak out. Or no, what was that song? Don't cry out loud. <laughs> Was that a song? Yeah, it was. Don't cry out loud. Um, but we also we also need to speak out loud, is what I'm trying to say. And we need to speak out that we can't have them as a duo. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Anyway, we see Rinna says, you can't sweep it all under the carpet. You know, she, It's just their dog with a bone. It's exhausting. I'm like sick of the Kathy thing. And the season really picked up the last few episodes, but I was also thinking, like, we had to slug through this whole fucking season, a hundred episodes they gave us, for three good ones at the end. And I'm not happy about that either, I'm sorry to say. But then Rinna's all at the heaters telling about how she's going to get cancer. And she's like, I can't take this to my grave because I'll get sick and I'll get cancer. I'll get sick and die because it's that vile. And they're all laughing. Even Room 23 was in the confessional laughing at her. She's like, what the fuck did she say? Like, even Room 23. You know it's bad when Room 23 is in the confessional. Like, what the fuck was she on about? <laughs> like, that's what we've gotten to. And it's just so soap opera-y, and that's where it starts to lose me. And I'm just, I can't do it. Because even if Kathy did all these things, it's like, you're not handling it right. It's just not being handled properly. But they all laugh at Ren in the confessional. Then Erica says she wants Kathy to be called out because she was pummeled. Kyle's like, you're only punishing me. And Dorit keeps going, Kai, Kai. I've like never heard Dorit call Kyle Kai. Maybe I've just missed it or something. But I was like, what are you saying, Dorit? Like, I didn't understand at all. Kyle says she knows who the leak was. She found out that it was Bamboozle Jane's publicist. So then everyone's starting to leave. Uh, Faye and Kyle sit down and talk, and Kyle reveals that the articles were squashed because of lawyers that Kathy got. Then Sutton's like, we need to get this into the open. And so she just flat out asks Erica and Rena. She's like, did you, did you all leak this? You know, I'm noticing Sutton's speech is getting slower and slower. Like, we just have a full scoop of peanut butter in her mouth at this point, because every time Sutton is speaking, it's just getting more and more, like, uh, slow and she's so she's trying to get all the gals together and find out who was leaking the thing and she's like I just wanna know did you two leak this to the press it's literally like Foghorn Leghorn took a big old tablespoon of peanut butter and then got in front of the red light and I'm like Sutton you need to spit it out I'm sorry but you're going too slow now even in the confessionals they can't even cut to Sutton in confessional no more because they cut to her and she's like I think that Kyle and Erica and and then at a certain point they just cut her off they're like we can't even finish your sentence because it's too slow like swallow and talk again (laughs) do it again you know when you're acting they sometimes will make you do it again like start over Back at one. And I feel like they must yell back at one to Sutton every time in the confessional. Because she's not going fast enough. She's not doing it quick enough. Anyway, Faye and Kyle are sitting there. And then everyone else comes back together. And they start talking about this publicist situation. Kathy launched a whole investigation. And then Erica's like, well, who did she say? What did she learn? Uh, Give it to me. Give me that information. And Kyle's like, okay, like, I'll get it to you. Like, I can't get it to you now, but I'll get it to you. And then Erica reveals that her and Nikki Hilton 
Splitz's sister, Nikki Hilton, uh, shares a publicist with Bamboozle Jane. And so then Eric is like, why would I do it if I share it? Why would she want her client? And then Erica says that Kyle's afraid of Kathy. And then Rinna says Kyle is trying to cover for her sister. And here's the thing. I, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but I think even if you have a fucked up relationship with your family, and I do got to say the Richard sisters have the most fucked up relationship of any family I've ever seen. Okay, Kim, Kathy, and Kyle, and Big Kath, the ghost of Big Kath, all them demons in that Hilton family, Conga Kath, uh, Splits, they got so many demons in that fucking family. So with that said, though, I think most families, you would still hate each other, but publicly, you would stick up for each other. So last week on the show, when Rinna is saying that Kathy's got a black heart and stuff, it was infuriating to watch. And I watched it back again because I saw the last week's episode before this week's. I caught the tail end of it. You know how they air it beforehand? And I was thinking, Kyle, why didn't you yell at Rinna for saying that your sister's got a black heart? Even if you think Kathy's got a black heart, like I have two older brothers, and I know brothers fight completely differently than sisters do. I get that, and I'll never understand sisters. I mean, they're a mystery to me. But I still think if I hate my brothers one moment, I'm still, I'm going to talk shit about them. But no one else is allowed to talk shit about them. And you always go to the other person. So it's like if Kyle's mad at Kathy, she should go to Kim and talk shit about Kathy. Don't go to Rinna. And so that's where I think like Italian families, at least in my family, that would never happen. Like I will fucking hate my brother one minute. But if somebody else is talking shit about my brother, I will fucking be so pissed and I will not, it would not accept it. I'll take down everybody. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. You don't talk about Brian or Gary Jr. You do not do it. Only I do that. Okay, so I don't understand why Kyle and they don't have that same level of thing. And I I actually think that Kim and Kathy might have that kind of thing. But they all are fucked up. I mean, that's the truth of the matter. They're all, they need a therapist. And I don't know, they need a family therapist. And I'm not just talking about them three gals. I'm talking about the ghost of Big Kath. We need to get her in the room too. Okay, so get Dr. Jen on the line or whoever the fuck Erica's a therapist is get someone on Zoom and get uh, the Ouija board out because we need Big Kath in the room when we're going through this family therapy session because those gals are fucked. Anyway, uh, moving on, Erica said, okay, let me look at my notes. Rena's like, this is a very dangerous game. And Faye is the only one sticking up for Kath saying she's an amazing gal. And oh, did you see that Kathy posted this thing with Chris Jenner? Because Chris Jenner and Kathy were like on Instagram talking about, oh, we love each other. And then they were posting about it. And you remember how Rinna was saying how she's so close to the Jenner Kardashians. That's why she was trying the 818 tequila. Well, now it seems like Kris Jenner is actually closer to Kath. So I don't know. I actually feel like, remember that one season where Vicki Gumbelson, who I do ultimately want back on The Real Houses of Orange County, and she was spotted filming, so I do have hopes about that. But that last season of Vicky, when she was having the meltdowns at the reunion and she was just sort of imploding, she was on reality TV for so long that the what happens is when you're on it for so many years, you ultimately implode because you're playing a million games and real life gets mixed up with fake life and you're playing a role. And so I think that's what's happening with Rinna. I think Lips isn't completely imploding in front of our eyes. And so I don't think she will be back. And I know that's been the big rumor. Of course, it was in the press that she wanted $2 million. I believe that that was actually leaked to the press, that she wanted $2 million so that if she's not asked back, then she can kind of put it off like she wanted uh she wasn't getting what she wanted so that's why she didn't return so that's the game i think they're playing and i think if you look at the history of the lisa rinna or dynasty if you will go back and watch i behoove you all i behoove this to you 
behoove it. Go to YouTube or go to wherever. I'm not sure where it is on the dark web, but there's a clip of Lisa Renna and Harry Hamlin. I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but there's a clip of them on the fourth hour of today, one of my favorite hours of all time. And they are talking to my dearly departed KLG, Kathy Lee Gifford, who is still with us in the physical form, although she's not with us on television, which is a travesty, a travesty. I'm disgusted. That's a tale for another time. But we need to get Kathy Lee Gifford hosting a talk show again. And I don't care what you got to pay her. Give her the $2 million you were going to give lips, okay? Because everyone has a story, and I want her story to move on. Anyway, so she, uh, Lips and Harry Hamlin are sitting down with KLG and Hoods. And in the middle of the interview, Harry Hamlin on live TV is like getting a call and he's like, someone's robbing our store. And Lips is like, oh my God, someone's robbing our store. And it feels so fake. And I think it ultimately did get robbed. So I don't know the truth of what happened, but it felt so fake and stagey. And I always go back to that clip in my head because I think like, oh, you guys were on live TV saying you were getting robbed. Because also... Even if it did happen that you did get robbed and that wasn't like a big made up thing, which I think it could have been a big made up thing for press because they were debuting their new TV land show, which didn't ultimately go. I don't know if you know this, but they had a TV land or one of them weird off brand networks. It's a show called Harry Loves Lisa or something like that. I aired on the back of a Frosted Flakes box or something. I'm not sure where the fuck it aired, but it aired somewhere. Not for long though, but they were premiering like the new season or whatever, new episodes of it. And so that's when this whole thing happened on the fourth hour of today. And you see KLG and Hoda are like, what the fuck is going on? But so even if that was a real situation that happened, the fact that you didn't just do, not do the live appearance, like, and you instead talk to officials on the phone, like that leads me to believe that the line is so blurred between your lives and what you're presenting as entertainment that it's very dark-sided. And so I always think about that and I think like, well, what is the line? Because I think most people would draw the line and you know, if I was in that situation with Matt, which not that we'd have a show called Danny Loves Matt, certainly no one would want to air that shit because it would just be Matt in the other room farting while I'm watching the housewives in the, on the couch. Like that would be the whole episode. Nothing else would happen. But if we did have a show and we were booked to promote it on the fourth hour of today, which I'm saying a prayer to my Lord Jesus, Savior, Mary, Mariah Carey, if it happened and we were getting a call that somebody was robbing it. I would say, Matt, you go take care of that. I'll go entertain KLG and Hodes and we'll split this up instead of taking a call live on the air. Like it's so fucked up. So I don't know. That's how I feel about it. But I do think Rena just needs a break. I think she does give us good TV and she's unhinged in some good ways, but I think she needs a breather because it's not working. What's happening on screen is like, she's heightening too much, the drama, and it's coming across as false and weird. Anyway, where were we at here? Okay, so Faye and yelling back. Oh, Dorit's like, I like standing on my own island. Like, okay, so they're at the end of the episode comes Erica and Rena leave. We see them in the car talking about this whole situation, but it kind of ends... I thought it was anticlimactic, and I was hoping we would get the reunion trailer, which I think was airing with Watch What Happens Live or something, but we never got it. We got the reunion looks, but I haven't seen the trailer yet, so I'm not sure what happens in the reunion. Anyway, uh, it was anticlimactic to me, because I was like, we didn't really get any answers, and I do wish we got a scene with Kathy. I'm upset that Kathy's last appearance was when she was doing that. Oh, by the way, remember when Kathy last week was doing that whole Ponderosa bit? Like, howdy, ma'am, I'm from Ponderosa. Apparently, that was from a show called Bonanza. You know, I didn't know what it was from. And a lot of you corrected me. And by correct, I mean, 80% of you were really nice about it. And about 20% of you were yelling at me for not knowing Bonanza. (laughs) And I have to respect you for it because honestly, 
I get mad when people don't know my favorite pop culture things as well. Earlier in this podcast episode, I was singing that song, Don't Cry Out Loud. And that's from one of my favorite movies, Drop Dead Gorgeous. And sometimes when I hear people talking and they don't know the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous, I get upset. So I actually really respect you all who yelled at me. So thank you. And I want to issue that correction, that it was from Bonanza. That whole bit she was doing is from some show called Bonanza, which I never watched. Apparently it aired in the 50s or something. Anyway, so we're getting then at the end of this episode all the updates. You know, they, they're not doing title cards, but they're doing kind of title cards. They're showing us little updates from the women. You know, they used to freeze frame on their face, and then they put some thing on the screen and update us, and they'd be like, Countess Luann went to rehab, and then she went on her cabaret tour. <laughs> and so that's what we used to get. But now we're just getting like sort of a, a few different screens, screenshots, and we're getting some updates. So Dorit says she likes standing on her own island. And her update is really about her robbers, which was sad to me. I was like, Dorit didn't do anything this whole fucking season. So then they had to... Just update us on the robbers. They're like, the robbers are still at loose. You know, they like long walks on the beach and watching uh, murder mystery shows or some shit. I don't know what they, it was like an update on the robbers. I'm like, do we really need that? Anyway, Diana's update was that she had a miscarriage in May. And I was feeling bad for Diana at the end of this episode. And again, maybe it's just going to be missing Asher. I feel bad that she's having all the miscarriages. I mean, my heart goes out to her. I don't want any woman to have a miss. I couldn't imagine what, what it would be like the emotional toll that would go through. So anyway, I'm sending my heart out to you, girl. Girl? <laughs> I'm not laughing at Diana. I'm laughing at that sound clip because it's my favorite. And I'm going to miss Asher. You guys, I'm going to still remix Asher, even going forward. I don't know if we're going to cover the reunion episodes. We might. We might. But even if we don't, I'm still going to honor Asher, our dearly departed Asher, who I do not believe will be back next season. But... Maybe he'll click them heels together and make it uh, start dating someone else in the cast, and he'll get on screen like the Slade Slide Slade. What was his name? Slade Smiley Way. Let's get him dating Dorit because I don't know. I need Asher. Somebody's got to fuck Asher for next season. So we need a single gal, Sutton. Sutton. Her her title screen was that she was uh, still seeing Sanjeet, but they're just friends, unfortunately. So maybe she could start fucking Asher, or maybe Patrick. Patrick. Oh, girl. Patrick wanted to have some fun with his massage hands. So, <laughs> so let's let Asher click them heels together and get to Patrick's house for a butler session. I'm not sure. A little butterfly, get flower to flower, get on Asher. Can we make that happen? Anyway, uh, that would be nice. Then who else? Garcelle took her Birkin on the book tour. I read the book. Yes, yeah, she wrote a book. Someone wrote a book. It came out. Somebody wrote it. <laughs> then we have Erica trying to get her $1.3 million earrings back. And then we have, oh, this was so interesting to me. Do you see Rena got a new confessional look? This was, a, I think this was a brand new confessional look from Rena. Unless I just blocked this look out, it was like a black dress. She looked gorgeous and stunning. But I was like, I've never seen that confessional look from you before. So why are we just seeing one brand new confessional look from you at the end of the season? They must have brought her in for reshoots or something. I don't know. I got to put my monocle on for that one because I'm not sure what happened. Something happened there, but it was a new confessional look, I believe. Unless I... Icons, 
Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Blocked it out, which is entirely 100% possible. Then Kyle, she's only seen Kath a few times. Uh, Conga Kath has been missing. And Splits isn't sure if Conga Kath is going to be at Farrah's wedding. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. When they say their I do's, I don't know if Kath is going to be around. And these sisters can't handle any more. Okay, we need to get them 
on solid ground. We need to get Kim in there. I feel like Kim is the missing ingredient to make this family work. That's my opinion. And so I hope going forward that we can just get Kim as a main cast member. I don't want none of this guest star bullshit either. You hear me? I need a full-time diamond holder from Kim, Kath, and Kyle. Quite frankly, I don't care if Kath has a full diamond. I'm fine with her being a friend of because she's an extensive friend of. But I'm going to need Kim to be a diamond holder because here's the problem with Kim. If she doesn't get the diamond, I worry that she just won't ever show up to filming and she'll just be at that Valley Target or whatever. Remember those seasons for a while, she's just not showing up to filming, even when she was a diamond holder. But I at least feel like if she's a diamond holder, that keeps her accountable for showing up on camera more than she would if she was just a guest star or a friend of. So I behoove them. I don't know why I keep saying behoove. I don't. Even, I feel like I never used to say that word. Now all of a sudden, I'm recording this podcast. I'm like, behoove this, behoove that. Like, what the behoove? Why in the fuck am I saying behoove all the time? Anyway, I need Kim around. And then I think I need Brandy Glanville around. So moving forward, I just need to put that out into the Bravo universe. I need to get rid of uh, Room 23's Diana Jenkins. I think Lips needs some time out. I think who I think Bamboozle Jane needs to stick around whether we like her or not because she's got that whole court case. And I think it'd be interesting to see her without lips because what would she do? Dorit needs to be a friend of no more, maybe less. I think I want Dorit around because I like doing impressions of Dorit. PK, baby, do I make you happy in the morning? Like I think I need to keep doing that. <laughs> I know some of you are like, I hope Dorit leaves so Danny never does that impression again. But anyway, that's why I would like Dorit around a little bit, but not much. I do need Garcelle back. Who else do we got in there? Crystal. I think I want more from Crystal. I get on the fence about Crystal sometimes. Ultimately, I want her back, I think. Yeah, I do. I think she's got something good. Oh, and I need Sutton back. Because Sutton, you know, especially in this finale episode when she cut the bullshit, even though she's a slow talker, I still love how she cut through the bullshit and she's like, okay, Rena, Erica, who leaked this shit? And she got to the base of what we wanted. So God bless Sutton. God bless her. So, okay, I want her back, and I think that's it. And I want Morally Corrupt Faye Resnick as a main cast member. And I'm not sure, normally at the end of these seasons, I say, I also want new people. I want fresh people. But I kind of feel like in Beverly Hills in particular, I don't think I want fresh new people. Because I think we got a great group of characters. we got a solid acting troupe here. And so I just want us to go back into the well of people we got. And let's uh, let's see Denise Richards pop back in. She's been posting on social media that she's with Sutton. She's been talking about doing a slumber party with Garcelle and Sutton. And so let's film that slumber party. I want to see if, if our baby's got any more secrets that she can reveal on camera. I know she wasn't really playing the proper housewives game when she was on, but I miss her slinked over in that chair in the reunion in the negligee. Let's get that back. And also, if we get her and Brandy Glanville as a sit-down, I just think we got a wealth of drama and storyline and history and intrigue in the well. I would even mind seeing Maloof Hoof back for a couple appearances. Let's get Eileen Davidson back on board. Oh, oh my God. I didn't tell you guys this. Okay, no tagging. Don't yell at me. No tagging. No tagging. Okay, this is just between us girlfriends. But I worked out the other day in a class with Eden Sassoon. That's right. I'm like looking at this woman and I was like, she's so stunning. She looked beautiful, by the way. But I'm like, she looks so familiar. And then we forget they're part of our stories. And I had to leave really quickly. I had to rush out of class. Otherwise, I was going to go say something to her because I was like, oh, my God, Eden, I love you. (laughs) I was ready to tell her. I was ready because I actually, you know, I feel about Eden. I've said this before. You go back to the back catalog of everything iconic. She really came alive at the end of her last season. That one last episode, she finally 
opened up her eyes and came alive. And so I wanted Eden Sassoon to stick around. I know that's not a popular opinion. But now more than ever, I want Eden back on screen because I saw her at the workout class. And I was like, Eden. And you know Eden is just so ready to like, she, I bet you fucking hates Rena. Remember how much she hated Rena? <laughs> so if we're keeping Rena around, I think we need to bring all these people back who hate Rena. Like Eden Sassoon, Kim Richards. Could you imagine them all around Rena? I mean, come on. That would be good TV. Not that I want a gang up. It's never fun when it's a gang up, even if it was Rena. So I don't know. But Eden says soon, justice for Eden. Anyway, I'm talking too long. That's the end of the episode. Again, I want to remind you all that I have the holiday podcast. It's called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast, where I recap Hocus Pocus 2 with my co-host Jenna Brister. We have the best time. And then our holiday episodes will begin in November, where we'll cover Christmas movies. And we'll be doing a little Thanksgiving content as well. So check us out there and follow us on our Instagram account. I uh, also want to let you know that you get signed copies of my book at everythingiconic.store or get the audiobook wherever you want. And with all of that said, shall we do our cheese little cool down? We need it. We need it, ladies. Am I right? I'm right. Okay, let's take a deep breath. <laughs> Wait, one more time. One more time for good measure. Girl? Oh. Girl? Little girl? Oh. Girl? Girl? Little girl. All right. Okay. I need to be stopped. That was too fun for me. <laughs> I put NSYNC back on the board, too. This I, promise you. I mean, can you even with that silky voiced turtle Nakati, JC Chazay, that, that was his voice. This I promise you. Matt, get the fan. Uh, I love that, man. Anyway, let's take a deep breath in and let's hold it, baby girls. And breathe out. Now, moving forward, I think we're going to cover some of the reunions for Beverly Hills, but we got our Salt Lake. Potomac is back. And then I think I might have some time off because I'm going to be traveling. I won't be at BravoCon, but I do have a wedding. So I will be traveling. And so I don't know the schedule. You guys will have to just tune in. But wherever you listen to the podcast, be sure to subscribe or follow so that you get all the updates because there might be a week off or something. I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. But if I don't release something, just that's why. And I love you. Okay, um, that's all. Bye-bye. Wait, should we do one more deep breath in? This was a long episode. I was going to split them up, and then I didn't split them up. Anyway, splits, we love you. Hope you get your family back together. One more deep breath in. (laughs) Hold it. Breathe out. Okay, that's it. Bye-bye. 